0: Thank you for calling Fun Fact. Your call is important to us. <laughs> We're currently experiencing higher than usual fact volume, but if you stay on the line, we'll play low quality elevator music for an unbearably long time. Oh, well. I I have a weird
1: love of low quality elevator. Oh, there's music. Wow, this is this is you put a lot more effort into this than I expected. Okay, but what if I just want to listen to the low-quality elevator music for the rest of the show?
0: This is a voice that makes you think that something is happening, but actually it's just making you not be able to enjoy the music and pull you out of whatever it is you're trying to do. It'll still be a really long yeah. time before the facts.
1: Yeah, I was in a trance of some sort, and now I'm, now I'm back to the music. They're never going to help me, ever. I don't even remember what I called about. Did
0: you know that you can solve a lot of our problems using our website? <laughs> Go to Fundback.fm. <laughs> time did you put into this (laughs) i've just been on hold too much the last few weeks fun fact the flavor we know as blue raspberry is actually based on cherry pineapple and banana
1: huh okay well so cherry pineapple and banana that makes that's interesting and mostly makes sense and i will say that blue raspberry is not okay because it does have raspberry in there because i was gonna say blue raspberry is not even a flavor yeah i mean what would, besides uh, another side thing is like why do they why is it blue <laughs> yeah why is it blue uh, and why why is it not raspberry flavored and i my guess would be that m- i think most people actually don't love the flavor of raspberry the actual flavor because there are you know there's like two flavor categories in general like at a very high level there's like real actual flavors like banana or raspberry. And then there's artificial flavors that don't like the artificial banana flavor does not taste like banana. It tastes like artificial banana flavor.
0: So, all right, let's get sidebar b- back to banana corner, which we've been in a couple times. <laughs>
1: which do we really I have. believe
0: we've discussed previously on the show, the banana plague of the, of the 1950s. We have, yes, we right. have. So, the fake banana flavor, which my wife Karen refers oh, to right. as Oh, right. It tastes like the old banana? Yes. It tastes like the bananas before the plague. Okay. So there's a certain... The flavor uh, profile comes from different uh, chemicals, which sure. are esters.
1: But we still have green apples, right? We still have green apples. And green apple flavor does not taste like green apples. So I don't know what pre-plague bananas tasted like because i was not alive at the time i think maybe but it would taste substantially more like so for sure but it still wouldn't taste like it so
0: the the things that we associate i
1: picked the worst possible example
0: no actually you picked the best possible example because i was reading about fake banana flavor when i was reading about this thing um so you're you're Flavor profiles, when you come and have an artificial flavor, like what we call mm-hmm. Blue's Raspberry or the artificial banana flavor in uh, medicine or or, or those <laughs> foamy uh, marshmallow banana uh, candies that we used to have
1: oh, I don't yeah. know if those exists mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Um, but those uh, flavoring agents are called esters, um, and there a okay. certain chemical uh, compound. Um, that are generally a lot of the, uh, members of the ester family smell good and taste good to, uh, humans and other animals. Um, and so, that makes sense. so, uh, each fruit generally, well, I think all fruits, I don't know hundred percent it's literally every fruit, but I'm pretty sure all fruits, um, have multiple esters that make up the flavor. And then any given ester is often present in multiple fruits. Okay. But it may be easier or harder to uh, extract or simulate or, or extract or produce synthesize. The ester, synthesize, that's the right word. Extract or synthesize certain esters and certain esters are uh combined better or worse with other ones and or uh they're toxic in certain quantities and things like that um and like in the quantity that it occurs naturally in something then it's like well yeah we're not really concerned that there's like trace amounts of it in this one fruit um but that if you're producing like industrial scales of it and adding it into kids food then sometimes people are a little bit more nervous about adding this thing even if it does occur naturally
1: not in the 30s but nowadays not in the 30s nowadays yeah
0: we're a little more concerned about it. And so you end up with a certain esters like the fake nana flavor or the ones that go into the blue raspberry that are popularly used. And they're a subset of the ones that are in the natural fruits. I like the idea that it's called fake nana. Fake nana.
1: Yeah. But we all like know what that. you mean. Yeah. No, I dislike that. I think you've coined that, but I like it. <laughs> so, for example, ethyl butrate
0: Sounds delicious. Is an ester sounds delicious you'll be shocked to learn from that chemical name that these are not too different from the uh the chemicals that are just like in hydrocarbons like in fuel and stuff gasoline it's like ethyl something in gasoline um but the um esters are it's not like this is basically like gasoline and is killing you or whatever like the the flavorings that they're using are meaningfully different in a way that they are generally safe and, yeah, and not killing me. And not killing me. Although... Yeah, which I appreciate. Gasoline, and uh, sidebar on the sidebar, gasoline and, <laughs> and some of these other things like uh, hydrocarbons, like if you think of like WD-40... Is
1: actually delicious? Well, it
0: smells good. Or I don't know. Maybe that's not true for me. I'm outing myself. Like I when I, if I think WD-40 smells good. To me, WD-40 it also is a little bit of like uh, nostalgia. It not
1: bad, but yeah, I think that's what it is. Do so you remember, you know, somebody in the past WD-40ing?
0: Yeah, and it has a distinctive... I wouldn't say... It's delicious. It doesn't make me want to eat it, but it's, <laughs> I, I find it like a little kind of pleasant. I think what we learned
1: tonight, fun fact, Alan <laughs> loves to eat WT-40. Mm, WT-40. Yeah.
0: You just got to make sure I get all that the, the, the rust off um,
1: internally. That, yeah, that's right. He's Your insides must be just it's so well-oiled. Yep. Yeah. Just no problems. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 anyway, sidebar. sidebar. Um,
0: so, LWT is present in large quantities in pineapple- Okay. N-octal acetate is present in mm. oranges. Okay. But if you pull those flavors out, those esters out, and you flavor something just with those things, then it's a flatter flavor, right? Like, you could, you're, if you're like, oh, this is supposed to be pineapple, then you taste it, and you're like, okay, yeah, I get pineapple from it. um, But it's not the full sp- uh, spread of esters that give the flavors to those specific fruits.
1: Well, maybe this is orthogonal to the story you're trying to tell. And by the way, I don't know if you're familiar with the comedian Ramesh Ranganathan. Hmm. No. But I w- watched his latest special last night, and he's a master of uh, doing the thing where you are telling a story, and then you just leave on a million funny tangents, right? And then the audience has completely forgotten that you're telling a story, and then you say, "So I was at the beach, and yeah. and then it's just it's very funny." <laughs> like a blue I'm, raspberry, and you're like, oh, ex- right, "Exactly." Uh-huh, you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this may be uh, not something included in your in your story tonight, but I. I mean, we've been watching the, the latest season of the Great British Baking Show, mm-hmm, as we all are. Yeah, it's so good, and they are—they're reminding me again that they're like, "Oh, you got to be really careful when you use anything's essence mm-hmm. because you could have too much of the flavor of it." Yeah, and, and so that's different and than this thing.
0: Uh, I don't. Um, I, I imagine this is actually probably related, if not the same problem, which is that the esters are.
1: But you said it was flatter.
0: Yeah, like f- I assume
1: that was less, but you didn't mean less.
0: Well, it, if you use a lot of an ester, you will get okay. a very pronounced, um, sh- like, sharp single element of the bouquet uh, that is the original, right? Yeah, the
1: problem is we can't synthesize perfectly all of the esters, I guess.
0: Yeah, I don't, I didn't get, a, um, and I could probably read up a little bit more if people are interested in like, get a little bit better sense in, in to what degree it is a difficulty uh, versus cost versus mm. uh, you know sometimes right. it will be things like well we can do it but then some of the f- parts of the flavor will be more shelf stable than others and so right. it'll taste good for the first like yeah, 6 yeah, yeah, weeks yeah. but
1: then or like remember that zebra stripe candy uh bubblegum no there was this bubble gum. It wasn't Zebra. What was it? It was the stripe. Every piece had like stripes on it. Okay. And it, it was the best tasting bubble gum when I was a kid, but the flavor lasted for like literally four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then it had zero flavor after that. I remember the bubblelicious gum we used to get as kids. was it, like I did Bubblicious.
0: They were like cubes. Good. Yeah. And yeah, it was like they were. the first four. I, I, I'm pretty sure I had a blue raspberry flavor in that. No. Like forked shoes, and I'd be like, This is amazing. It's so funny the that you bring up and blue
1: and raspberry. I feel like someone else was telling me something about blue raspberry. <laughs> oh, yeah, wait, blue hours raspberry. Hours ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what point my point of the flip thread, the stories have gone on so the, many. The, the thread
1: went straight to you. You told me you make blue raspberry with things that are not raspberry. Yeah. Cherry, pineapple, and Then you started to explain banana, how fake banana flavor esters.
0: works. Well, yeah, which, cause you, then you brought up another you know, banana. Yeah, thing yeah, is yeah which, is banana. which is fascinating, which is very interesting. And so the esters of cherry, pineapple, and banana, or, uh, key esters that flavor those three fruits right. put together in certain quantities, uh, is what we refer to as blue raspberry. And so next time you tried something that tastes like blue raspberry, you know, taste it and then, and then think cherry or taste it and then think pineapple. Apparently with, when we were talking about flavor science and making candies and, and these sort of things, um, people are not great at pulling out a flavor of something with no other context clues. And so if instead of giving you this thing and like, oh, it's blue raspberry and it has a certain texture or whatever, you get the exact same flavor with a different different texture or it's not colored, like if it's just transparent or it's color- colored like uh, in a way that deceives you, like it's green or, or purple or something like that, but then it's flavored in blue raspberry, then people will end up reporting different flavors or be
1: less likely to accurately identify it. This is why I think that all of those like labels on coffees mm. are just complete nonsense mm-hmm. it's like the tasting notes yeah it's like this tastes of you know burnt caramel and uh you know, leaves of spring or something. And you're like, no, it. you're just making stuff up and now you're hoping I happen to taste it. Well, coffee is
0: also challenging because you can put whatever tasting notes you want, but if you don't end up grinding it in a certain way and brewing in a certain way, that makes so much more difference than the difference in between the yeah. burnt caramel and the warm caramel
1: yeah. tasting note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, okay, so, okay. Getting back to the point here though, what the heck is blue raspberry? So
0: blue raspberry really, so I think what you're asking is, Why, why is it blue? Like why they've, they've developed this flavor. What what
1: is the blue
0: part of it? Yeah. The, there's a good article, which I'll link, um, in blue Bon Appetit, um, where they, A a classic, classic reputable source where yeah. they dig into this backstory and you can read it in a little bit more detail. There's a, there's a claims, like there's a candy company or actually like a Slurpee company uh, um, that had blue in their logo. And so they're like, we think it might was because our company was blue, who had, had blue branding. And there's like other claims as to like different reasons or what, uh, w- one of them was like, Uh, There's like the obvious thing, which I think it seems like all the sources agree was at least a contributing factor, which is that when this flavor sort of was invented, so to speak, Mm. which it is an invented flavor in the same way that like cotton candy is an invented flavor, right? Or juicy fruit is like an invented flavor Um, that when this flavor was invented, there was already a lot of red flavors that were already quite popular, like cherry and strawberry uh, and things like that. And so to, and watermelon was already also generally red. And so to be like, okay, this is like, there, there's already so many red flavors. Let's come use a color that isn't already being used. And there's very little blue food in, in nature. Let's pick a color that sort of has its own brand space.
1: Okay. So first of all, I really appreciate you including a dubious, uh, sort of founding myth. Hmm. Because I left a dubious founding myth out of my next fact, mm. I was gonna include it, and then I was like, "No, you do like
0: including those." Like, I'm uh, all the sources seem to think this is true, but I like the source having a tale anyway.
1: Which is yeah, like, totally. <laughs> I left one out of the of the next fact I do, but I also want to know, like, okay, so I get it. They, from a marketing perspective, there was a lot of red candy, and they thought blue would stand out maybe. And blueberries is not really a flavor you get artificially for
0: whatever reason. But blueberries is another problem because blueberries. Now, this is going to be a bit of a hot take, but blueberries don't taste good. They're just good for flavor, for for texture reasons. So, if you get fresh blueberries. My child
1: disagrees with you.
0: Your child likes blueberry flavored things. He loves blueberries. Oh, yeah. I love blueberries too. A hand of fresh blueberries or frozen blueberries, chewing on them, this is great. But if you extract just the flavor from blueberry, not great. It's not as good. Like, I, okay, I like a blueberry flavored yogurt or whatever, and I don't know. Kind of tastes a little bit like toot to me. I don't know.
1: I don't know. We do a lot of blueberry smoothies, and he's a big fan. But at any rate, what blue raspberry does not taste like raspberry? Blue raspberry does not taste like raspberry. No. So why raspberry? I get the blue part now. What, what's the raspberry part?
0: Um, I think it's just uh uh they invented this thing. It's a fruity thing. Their
1: raspberry was available. I get this is goes back to my original point I think it's because people don't really want the actual taste of raspberry I think that's probably less true than people not actually wanting the taste of blueberry really because I feel like maybe it's just me my son also loves raspberries and so I end up eating a lot of both and I just feel like I can eat less raspberries than I can blueberries and I like sour foods raspberries are pretty sour raspberries are pretty sour like i feel like like the one of the dominant
0: flavors in raspberry is like the citric acid like yeah it's just super
1: citric so i don't know that's super interesting though blue raspberry i will think so next time i eat blue raspberry i'm supposed to imagine banana and cherry and pineapple and and pineapple and see if i can pull out those tasting notes yeah okay i feel like you need to send me some jolly ranchers send you a package yeah so i can try this uh, we'll put it on the fun fact account. <laughs> that's right.
0: Patreon funds these kind of sh- things. This, sh- this show costs us money to do that, <laughs> Alan,
1: but okay. Hey,
0: it's all an investment for the one, the giant pay off. That's kind that's of, that's
1: right. That's right. This is a dot, dot, dot underpants situation.
0: I- <laughs> I'll finish with the, the, the sort of more supported, uh, theory as to, so the, there's like the obvious, like, okay, they made it not red because. Uh, red was really busy but the apparently there was also uh, a uh, concern in around the time that blue raspberry was invented as a flavor around the popular red food dye that there might be some health risks associated oh, with it.
1: So they're trying to find something else that they could do without that yeah, in case the, it was bad.
0: Yeah. And the blue dye that they that kind of was famously used for blue raspberry, that particular shade of blue, had was like up and coming, like safe color at that time around the time that they were increasing regulation. So there was Very like a, a market reason why blue is more appealing than red. And then there was also a, a reason why. Uh, red like was kind of a little bit but i see
1: another market reason here which is that the people who invented this new blue coloring might have just wanted something to do with it yeah maybe just going around knock knock like hey you want to make this like taste like something yeah you're making a candy you want to use this yeah blue yeah
0: oh cool all right well also i love blue raspberry i don't know if that's relevant to the fact or anyone cares but <laughs> isn't it delicious i think well, there should be more things flavored
1: i'm like just that. really happy that your fact wasn't fun fact blue raspberry is delicious <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty good so, with that i tend to i tend to try to restrain myself do you okay anyway so <laughs> that 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 was a i like so i interestingly enough i also have a, an origins of things mm, fact okay great so we're really on theme this week mm-hmm. that memo you sent out i think was really helpful it's really going to focus <laughs> us moving forward so fun fact american football mm. got its name completely rationally even if it no longer makes any sense Uh, okay so okay so this is this is this 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 fact is actually i was prompted to look this up by listening to a podcast of a friend of ours okay so i was recently listening to friend of the show casey liss's excellent analog podcast right and i'm a little behind on my podcasting so this was the october episode which was episode 206 an incredibly british thing happening which is a great (laughs) title and in the episode casey's co host Mike Hurley mentioned that he had attended his first ever American football game. Right. And as an aside, he remarked that he would never, ever, ever be able to get over the fact that the sport is called football, even though basically you, you don't, you, it's all with your hands.
0: Yeah. If you're not that familiar, footing, the ball is only a you small do Very little,
1: very little footing the of the ball yeah. in American football and also Canadian football, which is the same as American football with some okay, very, okay. Very minor differences. Yeah,
0: Canadian football is just like a slightly off-brand American football. Yeah, it really is. It's um, like the
1: field slightly bigger. And yeah, you was, make less money. I'm, I'm
0: sure we'll get some There's a angry cup. Canadian
1: listeners. Hey, man, whatever. I I used to, like, weirdly enjoy the the Grey Cup. But anyway. So, I, I,
0: but I have an important question for you as the okay. American on the show. Uh-huh. Um, I, It occurs to me that it, I'm not aware. Is it allowed in American football... Oh, okay. Actually, I answered my own question. You can tell how much football I watch. I was saying, like, <laughs> if somebody was to just start, like, uh, like put the football down and start kicking around like a soccer ball, like, yeah, no, would that be allowed? Would, but then the play would stop no. as soon as the ball yeah, touched the ground. The, so, it would be over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: so you can do the kicking, but then that's like a prepared thing. You can start the kicking, by kicking is it. only done for kickoffs, punts, and field goals right so you can kick it but it once it touches the ground then it's dead if it touches the ground it's a dead
0: ball yeah and so the the yeah. kicking it around rolling around it's not the shape of the ball wouldn't be particularly you it's could very imagine hard to kick, if there was yeah. no rule against it that there would be someone who somebody would, practice would be amazing and practice and practice at it and they would be able to yeah
1: it'd be like doing these weird bounce kick passes yeah but okay yeah it'd yeah. be a fun trick but as play. soon as it touches so, the ground, it's done. so all right as you know i'm i am just not able to pass up history or etymology facts. yes so upon hearing this episode i decided i i really needed to know and also i've just like always kind of wondered but never looked into it and i and i as a side note this was not asked on the show but the, my mind immediately went to also what is with the name soccer like where did that oh, come from yeah because it's a very weird word and it doesn't seem to connect to anything mm-hmm. right so anyway the very short answer so we can all just go home is that the <laughs> reason it's called American football is history and a slow evolution. Bum, bum. Yeah. That's not fun. I mean... But but basically...
0: Isn't that like almost all of the answers as how things got to be the way they are? As to everything.
1: Yeah. Basically, American football used to be played exclusively with your feet. Yeah, I mean... And was essentially not a different sport from soccer. Right. But it evolved over time. But it never changed the name. But as I was reading this story... So I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's the obvious answer. That's not that fun." Mm-hmm. But as I was reading the story, it's the, the origins of American football are actually kind of amazing. So, the first of all things I didn't know, I learned a lot doing this. So, so, so what we call soccer in America and Canada started out in medieval England as something called mob football. Okay, which. That name is very evocative to me. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia... I feel like the refs are a little hands-off in that one. It, indeed, they were, because Wikipedia describes it as, quote, a heaving mass of people struggling to drag an inflated pig's bladder by any means possible to markers at each end of a town. So it was kind of like rugby. It Well, yes. So it had an unlimited number of players. Nice. <laughs> I like it. And anything was considered okay, as long as it didn't lead to, and I quote, manslaughter or murder wow okay yeah that is so
0: permanently maiming someone
1: was that is a hell of a sport killed yeah so it 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 the original mob football had its decline in the 19th century due to the passing of the highway act 1835 which among a bunch of other things banned playing football on public highways ah which is also amazing because that means they were playing this sport just in the middle Love's of the industry. highway. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, football, you know, of course came to America with European colonization and originally was still a, was still a mob style, very violent game injuries, very common. And that led to a bunch of universities banning the sport. Right. Cause like people loved it. College students loved it as unsurprising. Yeah. Harvard students, Apparently, I like this anecdote. We're so upset at the 1860 banning of an annual freshman sophomore match called Bloody Monday, which is <laughs> also a very evocative name. You now to give a hint of what it was like, yeah, that they held a literal funeral oh. for a figure they named Football Fightum, Oh, All right, which is just kind of delightful. But anyway, so that's in 1860. By 1869, some schools were playing a modified. Game That was more like what we now call soccer, because in that intervening time, the rules of soccer had been codified in the UK. Hmm. But some of the schools were playing something that resembles soccer. And some of the schools were playing something that resembles rugby. Right. But that was not thought of as two different sports at the
0: time. It was just like uh, how you, sometimes you certain games would be like, oh, well, how do you play? Yeah, exactly. It's like, like, well, what you know, are the house we, rules? The house rule, like Monopoly. It's like, oh, well, when you pass, go, you get the money from the bank
1: or whatever. Yeah. So you would have a team that was like a, a football team, right? And what rules you were playing on depended on, like, whoever was organizing the matches. So, like, sometimes schools that tended to play soccer style would play schools that tended to play rugby style. And then they would play, like, one soccer match and one rugby match or they, all rugby or all soccer. And it was just always changing. <laughs> right which is just sounds amazing and chaotic but this is the moment in history i mean history. you have a micro version of that in the states still where there's like the the
0: baseball well, it's not really true anymore. like half of the teams. yeah have no like it's not true anymore rules yeah oh it's all the same yeah
1: now? the pandemic changed that oh okay yeah your 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 take is a couple years out of date unfortunately so well, I'm, we're not getting the latest updates here in the pandemic and i don't remember exactly why not that we're not in the pandemic now but earlier in the pandemic the uh they got rid of they they standardized on one set of rules i guess because they were playing in a neutral place and then they just never went back so
0: i mean it's it was obviously a bug in the system well
1: that also came from historical reasons right where the american league and the national league were actual were actual different leagues so once they combined they just were like well we already play like this but at any rate this is the moment in history here where we have these like mixed soccer rugby where you start to get a distinct sport that you could call American football. And believe it or not, it's almost entirely the result of one person, which is like, I mean, kind of amazing. Yeah. So this guy named Walter camp, who was a big lover of the sport and also was the football team captain at Yale. And also that was where the main body that was proposing rules was. And he was just like mm. suggesting lots of rules. Sure. But it was his idea to go to 11 players per side. He added the line of scrimmage because the scrimmaging of rugby, like, it just never ends, right? Yeah, I
0: assume like it's something you didn't say explicitly is that that Yale was like preferring the rugby style, and now he's evolving rugby into American football. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Like pretty much so, rugby, which they were calling
0: football, which they were calling football because and rugby, was football, rugby was all kind rugby, of kind yeah of interchangeable. exactly. And then he was codifying their version of what they called football, which was rugby, into American
1: football. Yeah, but so he had, he came up with the number of players per side, the idea of a line of scrimmage. The snap from center to quarterback, the need for a certain number of yards and a certain number of downs, and the forward pass. Okay. And blocking, which is like kind of just everything in football. <laughs> is blocking in the rules,
0: or is that just like a technique that he well, hit, so hit by? In,
1: in rugby and in whatever, it was like not okay for the defense to try to block you. It was like oh. a super unacceptable thing to do.
0: And that's, and that's still true today, I guess. I don't know that much about rugby. I've mostly only seen rugby sevens, which
1: is pretty fun to watch. I've seen like Every those Every time I see rugby it looks completely and totally incomprehensible to me <laughs> like i've like i've had the rules of cricket explained to me before and i almost i think i've had it 3 or 4 times and i almost immediately forget all of them but in that glorious moment of understanding i'm like oh okay cricket makes sense i guess Rugby just looks like complete chaos. I don't know. They're all like huddling from both teams The balls in the middle. I don't know what they're doing. I, f- I suspect
0: that that might just be like brain damage from watching American football and understanding that because yeah. I've seen more American football than rugby, but I feel like when I happen to see rugby, it makes more intuitive. I think there's just fewer rules. There's fewer arbitrary, like, oh, well, this goes to this line and okay. stuff. It's just like, get the f and ball. Yeah, just go. <laughs> Just go over do there. the thing. There's just like a couple, like you can't forward pass and like, yeah. that's about it. And like, try not to kill anyone and go.
1: Yeah. So up until now, pretty much the entire history of what now we call American football, you still only used your feet. Right. right. So, the, but the, the forward pass changes all that. So the first forward pass was thrown in 1895. It was actually a desperation move to avoid punting, but then it worked really well. The person caught it and then immediately was made illegal. Why? So, <laughs> sure. like, but by 1905, the sport had become so violent that there were 19 fatalities. Oh, man. And President Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, the president of the time, threatened to ban the game if it wasn't made safer. Wow. So, like, we're 100 years later on the same loop again. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's a really good point. So, 62 schools met to discuss rule changes, which led directly to the founding of what we now call the NCAA. Ah. And it also led to the legalization of the forward pass, which completely changed the game, right? So, th- these days, you, you throw and you run, right? Right. So... That, anyway, that's why it's called football. It's because they didn't rename it as it evolved, even though right. at some point, like a Ship of Theseus situation, it just went from not being played. Well, I guess it's not actually at all like a Ship of Theseus, but eventually, because that would be identical at all times. But eventually, like some, you know, invisible gate got passed and it was more hands than feet. But they didn't... But no one
0: flagged like, hey, let's rename yeah, it.
1: Yeah, it's like, ah, this really doesn't feel like an appropriate name anymore. There's so many cool instances of that that we don't think about them.
0: And like they're happening even... Like, I sometimes will notice them when I'm explaining something to my kids, like Ellie's six. And so she'll ask about, she asked about film. Hmm. Um, and I, cause oh, I think yeah. I, I use that word. Yeah. And then she asks, like, well, why is it a film? Yeah. What's, said, like, she, what's she knows what a, about it? What the word film can mean in other contexts. Okay. And I was like, oh, yeah. So, like, a long time ago. Because they
1: used <laughs> to put it on. It's not that long ago with that one. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Or an even more like it's in the middle of happening one is that like uh, phones. Yeah. Right. Like somebody yeah, uh, yeah, when, yeah. a kid my... was like, oh, well, back then you didn't
1: even have phones.
0: And I'm like and I fir- and I started to be like 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 when I was a kid, like when I was a kid, of course, we had phones where we thought of ourselves as having phones.
1: No. Yeah. But that's not what they mean. But like what they think of his phone now, we didn't have. They didn't mean that because my yeah. son will be like, oh, do I want to listen to the song on your phone? Yeah. And it's like, he doesn't know that that makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. but In the same
0: way, the football is is not the right word anymore
1: either. Yeah. But Alan, Hmm. what about soccer? Oh, yeah. So what was the deal with soccer? (laughs) (laughs) So believe it or not, it's actually slang. Oh, okay. Sure. So I don't know if you know this. I didn't really know this. The official term for football in the UK is association football. And that is the indication that it was formalized and had formal rules. Right. And around the time that the rules were made, it was really trendy among Oxford University students to come up with slang terms that used an ER ending. Okay. This is where the terms fiver and tenor come from. Okay, sure. Okay, Rugby at the time was called rugger. <laughs> sure. Which is just not a good nickname, which is probably why it has not stuck around while fiver and tenor remain to this day. But old-timey British people calling it rugger totally trash. Yeah, no, no, for sure. But believe it or not, association football became a soccer oh that seems like something would have to have started as a written thing i i it it seems ridiculous because wouldn't it be a
0: saucer yeah i feel like that had
1: to have been written maybe it was then... a saucer and then people saw it written and then they dropped the a at some point and it became soccer
0: yeah hmm,
1: weird. hmm. because okay. there's not even two c's in association right
0: yeah it's a s o c e r just doesn't work in no. english like
1: you don't have yeah so a, that a, a soccer becomes soccer so, so soccer brain. is exactly actually an abbreviation for association football okay so all right i just want to say you're welcome mike uh <laughs> i will be sending a bill to analog for doing all this for no. tracking down that fact and honestly thank you for providing me with the inspiration for effect yeah it's
0: through the world's curiosities yeah seriously
1: he didn't go look it up
0: yeah. Well, that's why it's a drive. That's why we get paid the big, that's why we have such a big, yeah, this is round. exactly,
1: this is why we're the fun fact going down. Right. Because we, we take that moment of like, huh, I wonder. And we just go with it. And we go for way longer than we should. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Far longer than anyone wants us
1: to. Yeah. yeah even Mike. Exactly. But you know what? You've got it now. Yep. Yep. Fly, fly, <laughs> fly, butterfly, fly.
0: <laughs> fun fact. Blacksmiths were not the only color of smith. Oh, there were white smiths Ooh, oh, hmm. brown smiths and green smiths
1: okay curious about this now mm-hmm. this sounds like a made-up thing from a video game, either made up or extremely inappropriate so we're gonna find out which uh, um,
0: one <laughs> okay yeah this is not racial but uh <laughs> or i don't know i'm pretty sure it wasn't but yeah
1: yeah um <laughs> So we're familiar with blacksmiths, relatively well-known. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy a blacksmith. They, 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 we have like a, a old-timey farm somewhat near here that we go visit mm. sometime. And they have like a retired blacksmith who just like blacksmiths it up at the farm. And it's pretty great. And they like like talking to the kids and stuff like that. It's, it's really awesome. Yeah. And it's fun to watch. Yeah. Cool. Smithing is cool. Yeah. Smithing obviously being an incredibly important part
0: of the economy a few hundred years back. Yeah. Less um, so now. Less so now now more of a
1: uh more, uh, of, a, more of a throwback cool
0: hobby or yeah. makes a Actually I went to talks. college
1: with someone whose father was a blacksmith. But yeah anyway. No, that's cool. No. Yeah. Um blacksmiths specialized in working iron. And I guess the name blacksmith is because the iron is black. That's the idea. Yeah. Uh brownsmiths. Yeah, what did they smith? Brass. Yeah. ah okay yeah okay i these days a blacksmith would probably also smith brass right i mean i think that i think nowadays it's a metal it's all, worker th- yeah metal
0: work metal working yeah uh cer- certainly this color coding system is not i believe used currently
1: i have uh, never heard of it but i'm not this is like
0: a p- super plugged in to this
1: world English. if i'm honest
0: i'm not sure so i don't follow yeah browns yeah. do, do you
1: think there's a brownsmith twitter the, this brass workers I think there's a Brownsmith Brass Worker Twitter out there.
0: We'll look it up. We'll get it added the Yeah, shins. we'll add it to the show. But supposedly, at one time, uh, blacksmiths worked iron, brownsmiths worked brass, whitesmiths worked tin, and greensmiths worked copper. Okay, first of all, okay, the copper
1: one makes sense. Is tin
0: white? It's light. Huh,
1: okay.
0: And like tin and pewter, I think pewter was used pewter. rather a lot. Yeah. Pewter is like a tin alloy.
1: Okay. All right. Okay yeah sure okay sure and greensmith's you said was copper that makes sense because yeah. copper for those who don't know turns green when yeah. when when heat comes to god with it that's and, a cool and fact. apparently there's like also regional
0: variations in this where like sometimes a brownsmith would work like brass and copper uh and, sure. and things like that and uh the the specific uh regional variants that happen with any trade but i i just thought it was interesting that they're uh, was different Blacksmith uh, blacksmiths wasn't black was not the only
1: color that's super stars. interesting because only blacksmiths have really survived the test of time.
0: Well, I think that the economic importance of iron like was probably even higher at that time, and then just got higher and higher and higher. As yeah, like we don't. I guess too.
1: other than like copper for like roofing and and like uh, downspouts and things. Yeah, plumbing.
0: I tin. Guess. I'm not
1: sure what anyone's using for at this point. Pewter, you see, for stuff. I think
0: aluminum displaced tin once they invented the. There's like a modern tech process for yeah, uh, dis, not distilling.
1: But yeah, uh, I wonder what an aluminum smith aluminum. is called. grace Yeah, well, Gray- I think back smith. when
0: when we were all hand working, uh implements uh for at the forge yeah i, I
1: don't think aluminum was easily
0: mm. easily obtainable i'm an
1: aluminum foil smith is what i am <laughs> <So>. <laughs> to make that hat yeah that's right that's right to protect myself from elon musk yeah well
0: i mean that's the only way you can do it. you gotta get that yeah, as the
1: podcast now immediately gets shut down in the middle <laughs> of us recording it yeah you gotta get those beams uh, <laughs> uh protected from your brain
0: uh while i was researching this fact i came across a clam that a clam uh, I came across a clam, like a bivalve. Okay. No, a claim, a claim. <laughs> uh, I came across a claim that uh, a lot of the folks that today have the common last names, black, white, brown, green. Were actual Smiths? Names, uh, came from I thought everyone this... with the
1: last name Smith was a Smith.
0: Well, that probably is true. Yeah. Um, but uh, people were claiming online that these names, uh, the black, white, brown, and green, also names were from smithery.
1: Smith certainly possible. Smith- Jack Black, famously of a blacksmith family, famously a blacksmith.
0: Uh, yeah. But when I did some uh, digging into that, it seems like, like, yeah, maybe some percentage of those names came from those origins. But there's just a, a lot of different things that end up getting people like uh, uh, someone with last name brown could have had brown eyes and somebody with last name green came made of came from the green fields of wherever and uh someone with last name white might have uh had fair skin or or light hair or something like that and so it, it, apparently the name origin thing does not shake out but i, I thought that was interesting that got me
1: that is another different- origin myth that's amazing so uh, the one i didn't share from the football thing by the way was that like there's a myth that one guy just one day, just picked up the ball and started running, like a forest Gump kind of thing. Yeah, that's just where that came from. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit like I the was running. It's like the Abner Doubleday myth of like the creation of baseball. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but like uh, the, the theory yeah. is that like one guy just like sat down one day in this one part of New York and just like wrote up rules for baseball, and then they played baseball. But like that person had never even probably saw a baseball game, and like was a Civil right. War general, and so many wasn't in the place stories. at that time. And yeah. You know, But there's so many stories,
0: especially in like time, you know, when things were a little more fast and loose a hundred years ago around history taking, and there's a little bit more detail on some of this stuff now, um, documents being created about how these things are happening. But even when there is good documentation at the time, people just love to propagate a story, which is the idea of like an individual person did this thing that had a huge impact. Yeah. themselves yeah and when you end up making the biopic or the writing the book or just telling the story anecdotally it's uh much easier to tell and more compelling on the surface if you're like arctic devins had this amazing <laughs> idea he was like what if there was a podcast and he invented podcasting you know and like you know 100 years later someone's like oh wow that's really cool right?
1: Like, Well, right? as far as i know they investigated this claim in like the 1800s already and yeah. they couldn't find any supporting evidence and i think it wasn't even like claimed until the guy was like dead or you know yeah and that's whatever whatever guess. but his name was william webb ellis and i'll put a link to him in the show notes so you can decide for yourself <laughs> <laughs> so i i have a a bit of a follow-up Ooh. fact okay and i want to say that i want to give a shout out this fact comes to us from my mother
0: ah, so excellent thanks
1: mom she sent me this link and it is a about what we were talking about uh, what you're, It was about your fact hmm. from last episode, I think that uh that they do time in Thailand. Yes, a bit
0: a bit different. The six hour time.
1: Yeah. So, uh, fun fact, they also do time very differently in Ethiopia. Ah. So she sent me a link to how time works in Ethiopia. Ethiopia, famously, if you remember, this is going way back home to a very idiosyncratic calendar. This is from episode 36, Joey 2 Lies, back in <laughs> August of 2020. Still one of the, maybe the greatest titles of <laughs> fun fact history. But you remember that the Ethiopians are not on the Gregorian calendar. So they're like right, some they're number slightly of days. They're like on a modified Julian. So there's some like no yeah. Of this. So, okay. So in, in Ethiopia, they have a 12-hour system, which isn't really that different from us. But their 12-hour system is completely disconnected from their actual time zone. Oh, So okay. Ethiopia is near the equator. Oh, yeah. And so their daylight is pretty consistent the entire year. Mm-hmm. And since there are, in Ethiopia, apparently roughly 12 hours of sunlight and 12 hours of dark all year. Right. With no daylight savings time. Mm-hmm. They use dawn and dusk as their oh, determiners of time of day.
0: That's I came across something about this when I was doing my research that that used to be like a
1: common thing. Well, that, I believe it. It makes sense. Like before mechanical timekeeping. Yeah, well, why wouldn't you, right? So... The clock, but so their clock starts at sunrise, which was codified as what would RBR six a.m., right, and goes until sundown, which is six p.m. And
0: so every day, it is six a.m. is when the sun comes up, six p.m. So dawn and dusk are always at the same time every day, roughly
1: because they're near the equator
0: oh so they don't they don't resize the days each day no. they just have a day the, the time set for like the average on average it's basically it the day yeah. To- yeah
1: so and essentially they're six hours off from what they're from international time so 10 a.m international time would be four o'clock in their system okay but so their day starts at one in daylight hours which would be 7 a.m east africa time okay so again one not at not at 12 which is right si- yeah like am they start at one starts at one so that's 7 a.m and then it goes until 7 pm East Africa time when it starts over at one again hmm. so it goes like one, two, three, four, twelve, twelve fifty-nine, fifty-nine 12 12 59 59 is right before dusk. night or dusk and then at seven it's one again and you get about 12 hours of night and you get about 12 hours of night from one to one
0: huh yeah Huh. Apparently that is very cool that there's still uh Yeah, a and this they totally exists, still use
1: this. They have to obviously also use their regular East Africa time zone, but people in Ethiopia know like and if you like say, Oh, I'll meet you at one, that it's generally speaking Ethiopian time. Mm. And, but it does of course cause some number of confusion. And there's a couple of articles I'll put in the show notes for like travel travel warnings. Right. Like you need to know this because <laughs> you will be there super not at the right time. It'll be incredibly confusing. Yeah, so it's a 6-hour swing. So that from GMT they're like I think maybe they're like my plus 3 or minus 3 and but actually they're like you could think of it as the opposite. If they're minus 3 they're plus 3.
0: Right. So yeah. hours and hours, yeah. hours off. Yeah. 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 Huh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh like stemming from that or I guess this is probably where this originated before mechanical timekeeping, apparently it was common for places to set or, like, discuss time in that way where the day was uh, six hours – rather, 12 hours evenly spaced Mm. from dawn till dusk Mm. and then night was 12 hours evenly spaced from uh, dusk till dawn – and a great
1: movie is what you're saying they used a, <laughs> they used that incredible film to, to they delta. used that
0: film yeah uh which of course like hadn't been created yet but the screenplay was made on clay
1: tablets and <laughs> quentin tarantino <laughs> stole it from <laughs> from the ancient sumerians yes whatever.
0: and that gave them guidance in about how to to track their time through the day
1: i mean it makes sense right yeah. it just makes
0: sense yeah so. and so so day and night was always synced with the the sun and uh that was fine until we came up with clocks which didn't know what the heck was going on with the sun yeah and clocks were useful anyway and so we're like you know what we're gonna go and just uh standardize although i would Uh,
1: replace this apple watch with a apple sundial i think
0: well you know it would get better battery life
1: (laughs) (laughs) anyone get any of those darn notifications pulling you out of your groove oh so true or they'd be like they'd have to like someone have to come up and chisel them on or something (laughs) anyway thanks again mom that'd be the surface's revenue (laughs)
0: Thank mm-hmm. you.